Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is Jeff T from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The volume. What up, y'all? It's Tiva from Snaps, presented by FanDuel. Now, we're a college football show, but I'm a massive NBA fan. Now, I'm a Pelicans fan, which could be a trying existence at times, and well, the news about Zion's been no fun lately, but whatever. I love the NBA, right? And if you love the NBA, there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. But why, T-Bob? Well, the app is safe, secure, it's easy to use. Uh, FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and you know stuff going on all the time. Uh, when you win, very importantly, you get paid fast. And FanDuel has lots of ways to play, okay? Spread, money line, over-unders, totals, player props, individual same-game parlays, multi-game parlays. It's all there with the live betting. It doesn't matter if you're running up late, you got to your party late, you're hanging out with the fellas, the girlfellas, whatever the point is. Live betting, I mean, you can jump right in, you can bet with your friends, and you too can be cheering for these same things. So, what are you waiting for, okay? Download the FanDuel app today, and let's start to make every moment more with FanDuel. Promo code SNAPS. Yo, what's going on? Wait, if you can hear that, Aaron, can they hear that? Because I heard you clear your throats, and that was like, oh, everyone like, heard you guys loudly like, clearing each other's throats. Oh, oh, what the dude. heck, bro? Bro, do your freaking job, man. Oh, what my God. You guys are very aware that the audio goes on about within 30 seconds. First of all, bro, bro really, he mutes me that. during the show yesterday, but then unmutes yeah, me when I do my, my 10 second cough. Every yeah, day from, before the show. I feel like you're doing the opposite of what you need to be doing here. Okay, me and Aaron are going to give you some lessons <laughs> on how to produce. Is that okay? I, I love that. Please. It's my favorite part yep, of the day. Yep. Um, okay, production number one. You want to play the hits? Okay. So today mm-hmm. we're going to talk about Nick Saban. We're going to talk about Brian Kelly. We're going to talk about 
Texas quarterback situation, okay? Number two, you have to say things like, if Texas doesn't win the Big 12 this year, Steve Sarkeesian needs to be fired. Um, Oh, Aaron, what was that gem of a line you had earlier? Uh, yeah, bro, that's kind of where I'm at, though, with Texas. Uh, Damn it, we're supposed to write it down, Nick Saban's Aaron. never going to win another title again. Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, there yeah, you go. Okay, one. bro, you, yeah. might, you know what? So, Aaron, yeah, hold on. Three, yeah. two, go. Welcome to Snaps. Aaron Murray here with T-Bob. We have cleared our... No, say the Nick Saban thing. What? No, he wants no, you to no, say no, the Nick Saban thing. You have to naturally just have that naturally happen. You there was nothing the natural like that. about that. If that was you being... That was the most <laughs> unnatural setup to a take I've ever seen in my life. Um, no, no, I wasn't giving did. a take. I was introducing the show. I was starting from scratch. No. I, uh, I think you misunderstood. You know what? Look, okay. I, I guess I'm the only one that understands how this job works. I will once again, center of attention. I will have to take this mm, burden always. upon my back and just help out those who are less fortunate than me from an intellectual standpoint. Um, Aaron was yeah. not wholly incorrect. Okay. Uh, this is your favorite college football show, Snaps. And we do talk about college football every single day. And, uh, Brum, uh, you know, ways that we're going to learn you, we do have the hits for you today. As we're going to break down Brian Kelly's Chad energy against Nick Saban's sad energy. And then we will get into some Quinn versus Arch as uh, Texas spring practice is now underway. And when it comes to breaking down quarterbacks, who better than Aaron Murray? Who actually, Aaron, how about it? You just broke down some quarterbacks with our boss, our our, our, our benevolent benefactor, Papa Cowherd. Uh, what's up, man? How'd that go yesterday? It was on AMP and now it is on the uh, podcast feed. It is it is on the podcast feed. So if, if you did not watch it yet, uh, go do it. Uh, the, the the bossman and I. Not only did we talk lots of great crap about T Bob and um, what his silky smooth hair and his love of golf and being the center of attention of the show and really taking over the QB one spot. Wow. Uh, we broke down all the quarterbacks from the combine to where they could and should possibly end up in the NFL draft. Who get drafted where? Uh, Colin is not as high on Anthony Richardson as our boy T-Bob is, which was great to kind of two for one. Actually, someone who knows what the hell he's talking about. But anyways, I'm not going to give it all away. Really good segment. Yep. Colin shares his thoughts, so make sure you go check it out. Him and, him and myself uh, breaking it all down from the QB perspective. You got to understand, dude, if I'm wrong in this Anthony Richardson stuff, nobody's going to care. But if I'm right, the return on investment – is going oh. to be massive, okay? I'm like a person during the gold rush. There's like a plot of land that everybody thinks is barren. Maybe somebody at a time thought it had potential, but everyone's like, no, 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 you'll never find gold in those there mountains. And I will, I'll be damned. I stuck my flag in there and I'm going to start pickaxing away. And when I hit gold, all you mother, are we for five minutes? Can't curse yet. All you guys and gals are going to be below me belowing me okay because i was right and you were what well, well, you know i'm sorry we don't need to go to anthony what? richard again though i know the audience is getting sick of anthony he did, he did, he did have a good on. take he did do you want do you want to hear his actually no no no, no. go yes, watch I do, i'm not gonna give it away. okay i'll go watch it i'll no, go watch you're right no, no, i'll go watch go it go watch it yeah go, go. Um, hey make sure t-bob when you watch it you hit the thumbs up button you support the show that's right 
thumb like all the YouTube videos. I mean, if you really like it, yeah. right? Like take a just great, easy way to help us out. Subscribe to the channel. Um, certainly continue to help us grow the pod by rating, reviewing it, sharing it with your friends. Again, if you like it. If you don't, then it's all good, man. Keep it moving. Uh, Keaton, best part of my day right here. Hell yeah, Keaton. Yo, P. Oxmith's promise with an X. What's up, dude? Good to see you in here. Mine, not for it. Blake Walters, everybody else. Bilbo, what's up? Okay, let's get into it, Aaron Murray. Um, So yesterday we were supposed to talk about Nick Saban being a scared, sad little man as he was out there uh, decrying, you know, whining about the hand that Alabama has reportedly been dealt in this new SEC nine-game conference schedule, saying, quote, I've always been an advocate for playing more conference games, Saban says. But if you play more games, I think you have to get three fixed opponents right. They're giving us Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU. I don't know how they come to that decision. Well, how, how, how they come to it is they look, Okay, what rivalries? And see, it's, so so okay. Let's be clear up front. I'm going to make fun of Nick Saban a lot, but Aaron, you 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 can speak on this. He, he's doing what he needs to be doing here, right? Oh yeah, yes, he is doing what he's any good coach in America would be doing, and that's making sure he sets his team up for success. Go back to the Big Ten championship game last year. Alabama is is not playing the SEC championship because they lost to Tennessee and LSU. They're at home, two losses. No two loss team has ever made the playoffs before. But of course, Nick Saban's going to get on there at the halftime show with Brady Quinn and all those guys, and say, "Hey, you know what? We deserve to be there. We deserve to be one of the four teams in the playoffs." And here is why. And I'm sitting home laughing, and you're sitting home laughing, and everyone else is sitting home laughing, like. What is going on here? Nick, no one has ever made it with two losses. It just ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. But he's doing his job. And he's going to lay out the best case scenario and his reasons why Alabama, his team, deserves to be in the playoffs. He is also going to set his team up in this new landscape of college football, this new era of the SEC once Oklahoma and Texas do come and we, we shift what the scheduling looks like. He wants to set his team up for success long term. So yes, you may get into the argument of, well, Tennessee's you know, record over the past decade plus is this. I don't care what the, their record's been for the past 10, 15 years. Nick is looking at this year, next year, obviously when it changes and going forward, what the landscape of the SEC is going to be. And right now what the landscape of the SEC is gonna be is Tennessee's gonna be pretty damn good. LSU is gonna be really, really good with Brian Kelly. He, know, he knows Brian Kelly is one of the premier coaches yeah. in all of, 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 of the game. And he knows Auburn is a very good team with now a coach that has had success in the SEC. So he's like, damn, I got three really good opponents I'm going to have to face every year going forward. Let's not look back. I want to look forward. So he wants to make sure his team is set up to make the playoffs every year. So I, I, I don't blame the man for it. I really don't. Good job. You put your team first. But from an economic standpoint and for the fact that that Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse is paying all these teams 50, 60, 70, what was it, $70 million a year? They want a return uh, on their investments. You know what? You know what, Nick Saban? You're going to play the big games because people love Alabama and they love seeing yeah. Alabama and LSU and Alabama and Auburn and Alabama and Tennessee. And we need to so, make that money back for paying schools. So that is the only, if, if I really want to nitpick, again, Nick is doing yep. what his job entails. You advocate for your best path or whatever, right? But if I really want to nitpick, 
what I don't understand is the last sentence. I don't know how they come to that decision because Nick Saban absolutely knows how they come to that decision. First off, you're not getting rid of the Iron Bowl. Like, there are a few untouchable SEC rivalries we talked about, right? Uh, Florida, Georgia, um, Auburn, Georgia. Uh, Oh, my bad. Did I do it again? Georgia, Auburn. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Yeah. Georgia, Auburn. Okay, okay. And then Uh um, Alabama, Alabama, Auburn. I mean, Texas, Oklahoma now, uh, you know, that goes in the category. But, like, outside of that, I may be missing a couple, but those are the only ones that I would say are truly untouchable. You know what, T-Bob, for those who are listening who really want to deep dive into the rivalries, go back and watch our show about oh, what, yeah. two weeks ago, we break down the top rivalry. So if you've not seen that episode, go watch it. By the way, a lot of people agreed with my Egg Bowl take, just saying. Um, okay. But yeah, they did, dude. Uh, so you'd even, you'd even list the Egg Bowl in this conversation right now because you're completely against your first pick in the draft two weeks ago. That just tells you how... I said I may be missing some. My bad. You're right. I dropped the ball. The Egg Bowl would actually also obviously be untouchable. Like when else do do Ole Miss and Mississippi State do those kind of numbers? So throw that in the untouchable as well. And um, and so so, so the point is, okay, automatically Alabama knows they're getting Auburn, right? Alabama has to continue to get Tennessee because they just held the entire SEC schedule hostage for the past 15 years, talking about how important this game was and we can't go to rotating schedule because we got to keep playing Tennessee and our fans care about this game. And no, it has nothing to do with the fact that they've only won 33% of their conference games over a 15-year period. Like, like Alabama went to the mat to keep this Tennessee game. Okay, well, guess what? We'll continue to play it. And especially mm-hmm. now that it's finally getting good. And, and, but the bottom line with all of this, so, so already you have other factors at play, but the bottom line with all this is that TV revenue is driving everything. And at a time when you're sitting at negotiating table and you're trying to get Disney to, even though they don't technically have to, you're trying to get Disney to negotiate in good faith and up the price that they're going to be willing to pay you since you're adding Texas and Oklahoma to the group, you're going to go in front of Mickey? You're going to go in front of the Disney brass? In front of Bob Iger? And you're going to say, hey, Bob, you know, we want $100 million more, but we don't want to play LSU Alabama anymore. Like, we don't want to play that every year. The game that CBS chose as their lone night game for nearly a decade. The game that has broke viewership records multiple times. Uh, the game of the century in 2011, again in 2019. The game that ESPN the magazine once dedicated an entire issue to. You're, you're going to go sit in front of Disney in that chair and you're going to tell them that? At a time when they're already upset about Spinner, get the fuck out of here, okay? So, of course, these are your three opponents, Alabama. It makes all the sense in the world. And if you're an LSU fan, you should be happy about this. Now, you 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 know, you, you got not a bad draw yourself. Getting A&M and Ole Miss as your other two. I think those are actually pretty damn favorable. But if you're an LSU fan as well, you should have no fear of Alabama at this point. Brian Kelly's already won to know against him. You took all those less miles versus Nick Saban ass whoopings to get to a point where you felt like you had a year in and year out chance. You finally got that. Let's embrace this. Let's let this thing mm-hmm. rise and continue to build. So, again, the only thing I disagree with Saban on is he's saying I don't see how they came to that decision. It is obvious how they came to that decision. And how about this? You've won 90% of your games the last 10 years. Don't be scared of the team in Tennessee that has won 41% over the last 10 years in this conference. You're the big dog. 
Start acting like it in a 12-team playoff. Stop looking for the easy road and do what Brian yeah. Kelly did. Be a Chad and say, look, I came down here to play the best teams, and I would love to play Alabama every year. Let, let, let's. I love reading the article from, from Coach Kelly, and you know he says – I, I, I've not seen the comments from Nick Saban and, and I call a little bit of BS on that one. Like he, yeah. he saw those comments and he decided to really hit home the fact that I love this conference and I love <laughs> this competition. <laughs> and the reason why I'm here is because I want to compete. Give me the hardest games ever. I want to play Alabama and I want to play A&M and I want to play Auburn and Georgia. Give them all, give them to me. Like he, he knew what he was doing. Like I, I love the game that's being played of, you know, now I get to be seen in the media as the tougher guy and Nick Saban's the, you know, 71 year old man. That's kind of cowering away from the competition yep. is afraid of the expansion, afraid of playing us. And I want it. Shoot. Give me a 12 team, you know, sec schedule. We'll play them all. I love it. I'm here to compete. I'm here to compete. Uh, so I, I just good. Good for you, coach. Yeah. Kelly. He said, so, so Brian Kelly, moment. take the advantage exact of the moment. I want to play the best. I came down here to the SEC because I wanted to play against Alabama. I want to play Texas A&M. I want to play Auburn, the great teams. Mm -hmm. And in our new schedule, mm -hmm. we need to play Alabama every year, Ole Miss every year, and Texas A&M. Um, yeah. but, but, okay, so a, a, a couple of thoughts here. Actually, Kelly can be taken at face value there, though, right? He did leave the easier path mm -hmm. for the tougher one, right? Because no. now, now, granted, no. it's what? To win a championship. No, no, no. Yes. To win a championship, he wasn't going to win a championship at Notre Dame. He wasn't. Well, you and yeah, I both oh, know there's yeah, no yeah, conference right. championship. There's no conference championship. There's no national championship. And he ain't going to have yes. the talent at Notre Dame to win a championship there. So, no, he he took the, 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 the week zero, 1 to 12 easier path, yes. But the path of actually having a legitimate chance to win a championship, no, he he, 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 he is at the better place right now to do that. I Absolutely. mean, that doesn't discredit right. him for not yes. wanting to be a part of the SEC. Like, you can uh -huh. want both. Like, I, this is what I always tell you. Like, if I'm a coach and I know the SEC is tough, I know it's a grind. But yeah. there is, as competitors, there is that little itch in us that says, I don't really want to know what I'm like against the big boys. Like, I want to mm -hmm. stack myself up against the Kirby Smarts and the Nick Sabans of the world. Like, it's 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 there is that dog in them and they wouldn't be where they are without having that little dog in them that that little feistiness to them so you want to be able to come to the sec you want to be able to to mark your territory and say hey i went to the best conference in america the conference that's won more national championships than anyone else for the past two or three decades and i had success so that's why he came so you can put both in there he went to a harder path for for scheduling yes an You're easier exactly. path when it comes to winning a championship. But yes, this is this is the big boy league, and he's embracing it. And, and to me, that is more exciting as a player. And you, you can talk to this too. As a player, it is a lot more exciting waking up on a Monday morning knowing that I got to get ready for Alabama or LSU or Auburn or Georgia or Tennessee compared to some Sally Strutt school down the road. Yeah, like Northwestern. It, just, it doesn't get your juices yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. No, those are those are like pseudo bye weeks. Like those are the weeks yeah. you're like, oh, okay, I don't have to be anxious at all this week. I can kind of just That's like relax, you know, go have practice. No, no, no. I agree. I agree because there is it's like anything else in life. Um, I heard somebody talking about it 
a guy that I listen to talk to about uh, MMOs all the time, uh, Josh Strife Hayes, and he called it the paradox. Maybe it was the paradox of enjoyment in relation to adversity, right? Which is probably an overcomplicated way of selling it. But like when shit is hard, it sucks when you're doing it. But when you get it done, the self-worth and the benefits that you get from it go way beyond when something mm-hmm. is easy to accomplish. Like when something's easy to accomplish, okay, you get a little hit of dopamine. You're like, okay, that was good or whatever. But then you kind of forget it. You move on. You gain no actual self-worth, even though it was easy in the moment. So you were not uh, tried. When when you have to go against Alabama on the weekend and you probably lose that game a bunch and you suffer a lot of pain, the time when you do get it done and you win is all the sweeter for it and it sticks with you. Yep. For the rest of your life. So you're exactly right on Kelly. He left to win a championship, but he did accept yeah. the tougher regular season road to getting there. The, the other thing on Saban here, though, where, where I think he's missing the mark is two things. Uh, first off, 12-team playoff means it's all right to play a harder schedule. Oh, yes. Okay? You're yeah. going to be just fine. Secondly, and I almost hesitate to bring this up because in a lot of ways, it undercuts all this conversation. Uh, you play everybody every other year. So that's not that far off from year in and year out, right? Like we finally got our head out of our ass and you're fine. Like, okay, you're an LSU fan that's upset LSU Florida's going away. Okay, you get them every two years. Now when you win, you get to talk crap to them for two years before you have to Mm -hmm. uh, put that out at risk again, right? You want LSU Auburn to get like, whatever your favorite rivalry is that didn't make it into these pods, you're still going to see them. And four years, you're still going to have a home and away. So in some ways, this is, it's not nothing, but it's much ado about little, it, it, perhaps. It, it, you, you, yeah, I get, you said it right. I'll go ahead. I'll reiterate this. There's a 12 team playoff. Like you're good. In Alabama, if you're 10 and two, you're in. And yes. probably a lot of times, if Alabama's nine and three, and say those three losses are similar to kind of what we saw this year one possession games within a field goal, that type of thing most likely they'll probably find a way to sneak in at nine and three, but definitely at a 10 and two Alabama team is going to get in. So guess what? Even if you lose to LSU and Tennessee, you're probably still going to be in the playoffs. Not probably you will still be in the playoffs as a 10 and two team. So there's no need to stress about those three teams. I think if anything, Nick is looking at it as this, I have a, a, a limited window left to win a championship. He does. He's yeah. a very, it is, it is a much smaller gap. Than Brian Kelly at LSU, it is a much smaller gap than than Kirby Smart at Alabama, and especially Kirby. He looks at Kirby and, and George right now, and he says, "Okay, Kirby, I got to face LSU and Brian Kelly, who who made it to the SEC championship in year one. I got to face Tennessee and that football team who is just skyrocketing right now. Their their collective is paying a quarterback eight million dollars. They're they're doing well in recruiting, whatever. And then I got to play Auburn as well. Well, let's let's eliminate the two Auburns because George has to play Auburn too. Your other two teams are Kentucky." who doesn't scare Georgia, nowhere nowhere near the same kind of talent level, and a Florida team that may be getting, finding a mm. new coach come next year. So yeah. over the next five years, let's just say five years, say Nick Saban has five years left. Over the next five years, Nick is going to have to play every year Brian Kelly, another top three, four coach in America with a ton of talent on LSU, a Tennessee team that's one of the hottest teams in the SEC right now, and, and Auburn. Georgia has to play Auburn equal but their other two is kentucky and florida so their yeah. path at least three games of that path to getting that first round by to securing a spot in the sec championship is a lot easier during his 
remaining life or tenure there at the University of Alabama. So I don't know, man, it, it, it will make his job harder. But at the end of the day, you are the GOAT. Like, go do your well, thing, man. You're the, you're the well, best of all time for a reason. And we got to remember that this all ebbs and flows. And again, the fact that you yeah. play everybody is going to kind of take away from all this. But like, you know, a couple of years ago, LSU's out here going six and seven. Um, 500, you know, I think they were, quick math, 22, oh God, uh, like 11 and 12 over two years, right? Um, you have uh, Florida. That if you're catching Florida in the Urban Myers days, you're talking about the Georgia of the time, the the year in and year out SEC championship. If you go back to Tennessee in the '90s, Florida and so like, yeah, Florida sucks now, but they're only ever one coach away. I mean, Jim McElwain went to Atlanta twice. Like, like so, so let's not get too hung up on any of this. Uh, in terms of what other pods kind of interest me, I, I want to look at the new teams that are coming in. Oklahoma gets Texas, Mizzou, and Florida. And this proposal, that seems a bit funny. That 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 Oklahoma Florida one's about as random of an SEC matchup. Shout out Clint Moses, go Beavs. Mm -hmm. That uh Oklahoma Florida one's about as random of a matchup as you will find. I, I I don't like it for the sense of just geographic. It doesn't really like excite me about rivalry. Like Oklahoma, Florida, like eh, that's good. That, that <laughs> one's a little bit forced to me. Uh the rest of them make more since I, I mean, it's like pretty Oakland shameless a TV thing. Yeah, a couple big brands, a couple. It's a hundred. Yeah, it's just it's just two big brands. That's it. But, well, and Florida, I mean, yeah, honestly, like, the other ones make Florida, a lot of sense though. When you're when you're when you're putting together a couple big brands, like the rest of them make sense. But I guess you're so. But I think like the problem is like they wanted to stay Oklahoma away from like totally the po like the four pod things, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so like. If you stay away from those, you're naturally going to have one like seemingly weird flight, or else Florida would get like well, Kentucky yeah. or Vandy or you know, it gets it, it gets much tougher. Here's all else I would say too is that one of the dirty secrets about Florida from some people I've talked to is that maybe sometimes they struggle to kind of sell out their home games, and losing LSU Florida is them losing a massive payday every other year where that place is completely packed down and absolutely insane it will be completely packed down and absolutely insane for oklahoma so so yeah. so you've taken away one big brand from them and, and granted i see absolutely why lsu got old miss a m in alabama and you give them another big brand in oklahoma that should at least financially compensate them for what uh for what they lost there i love texas's three I mean, Texas, Oklahoma, you obviously have to have Texas, Texas oh, A&M. Absolutely. And then Texas, Arkansas, beautiful rivalry-filled three with the Longhorns there. I don't hear Texas bitching about it all. I mean, those are three competitive opponents, too. I mean, maybe yeah. Arkansas is a little bit less, but, like, that that's... It's little, pretty hard to bitch about leaving, to, like, bitch about your competition when you're leaving the big, like... We're coming into the SEC, and then you're like, oh, oh the, the games are too hard. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's very good. Damn it, we're losing, well, we're losing our precious Longhorn network, and plus we have to play a harder, harder competition. Um, um, so, Auburn yeah. avoided the nightmare, and they got a little – they got, you know, because they have – they were the only school that it's like, oh, guess what, Auburn? You, you, you have two of the untouchables, and they just happen to be the two teams that have been most successful over the last 10 years. Like, you have to play Alabama, you have to play Georgia – uh, so then they threw in Vanderbilt, which I love because it's so shameless and so obvious. They were like, these two teams are so sorry. good that we we're have so to sorry. give you this shit. Yeah, like we're so fucking sorry. So Here's sorry. Vanderbilt. Uh, I'm, I, at least we, you know, one and two. OK, 
Okay. One Sorry, or the two, two every two single the biggest year. rivalries in the SEC, two, I would say two of the top four rivalries in the SEC you're involved with, and both those teams have won more national championships than anyone else in the past 15 years. So, uh, yes, we will throw you a bone with the uh, the worst team in the SEC over the past same time period. So We have also discussed a lot of times, like, Auburn's brand is to be aggrieved. Yes. And, like, they can be aggrieved yeah. about, you know, getting the two hardest teams and, like, ugh. We don't even get a good game with the third one. We're stuck with Vandy. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, you there you go. Out of the it, persecution you, do get a, you get a good trip continues. out of it. You had, to, you had to go to Nashville every other year. Oh, okay, It's always a fun okay. trip for the SEC. Yeah. I've I've never been to Nashville. I'm very excited to go for um, SEC Media Days this year. Part of me hates Nashville preemptively, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's got a little bit of that Austin, fake L.A. type of vibe to it. Everybody thinks it's so cool now. I'll, I'll be the judge for myself, okay? Um, uh, spoiler alert, I'm probably going to get near blackout every night and absolutely love it. Uh, but we, but we don't, I'm going to hate on wait. it until that happens. I can't wait. <laughs> um, can't wait. Uh, Lost in Translation podcast says the West will be soft in Alabama. The West will not exist in 2024 as, um, Going away are the divisions. Bilbo says Florida LSU unofficially a top five SEC rivalry. Sad to see you go. Let me pick y'all's brain on this because LSU and Florida fans love that game. Does anybody outside of those fan base think about that game? Which game was that? LSU, Florida. Like it is I think beloved I, I, here locally. I'm wondering though if there's like a national perspective. Like if you're in the chat and you know, we got Beavs fans in here, we got all kinds of fans like does anybody ever think about this on a national level? I don't think people think about it like, like obviously like the Alabama and Auburn or the Georgia and Auburn or the Texas, Oklahoma, like there, it's not that level, but I will say like, for me, the week of LSU Florida is, it's, it's, it is exciting. Like it does. There is a feeling as an outsider that it, this is a rivalry game. So I wouldn't, I, I don't think it's just like some, if you're an outside fan, who's not on either fan base, you're like, Oh, that's just some random good SEC game with two big brands. Like I, I view it as a legitimate, still to me, top ten rival, more on the bottom end of the top ten of the SEC, but still a rivalry. Yeah, I'm probably I probably should have put that somewhere on the list. So I was trying not to be too much of a homer. But you know what's funny? I, I see why LSU went A and M over Florida. Geographically, I think it's it perceived as a rivalry because well, it's on TV a lot. Yes. Yeah, it's always yeah. got a primetime slot. Like, it's yeah, always it, been played at night and a ton of people watch. And it's either in the, you know, the, the visuals are great because it's a packed out swamp or it's a packed out Death Valley. But you're still going to get it. It's two of the better stadiums in the SEC. Like, when the swamp is yeah. rolling and, 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 and when Tiger Stadium's rolling, I would probably say two of the best. I would say them and Tennessee are the, those are the three top environments in the SEC. So, yes, yeah, like when those brands are playing at each other's stadiums, it is packed. It's the three thirty game. It's eight o'clock game. It looks good. It feels good. It sounds good. It has to me. It has big game vibes. It always has that big game vibe to it. So I'll miss that one. J Lab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. J Lab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates 
to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals. JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. In just a few taps in the Angie app or clicks on the site. You can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. Renters, you can use Angie too for moving, installations, or cleaning. Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need, and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com, or download the app today. Tennessee gets Tennessee gets a pretty nice draw here. Vanderbilt and Alabama, so they got the bookends, uh, and then they get South Carolina, who's below midline and traditionally pretty awful so i feel like tennessee as they prepare to enter this new era of volunteer football where we say okay can they sustain this success which we are believers i think aaron i don't want to speak for you i know we talked to in the past we think it is sustainable i feel like that's a Mm -hmm. very nice draw for them um 
Florida does not get done any favors. Neither does South Carolina. Does anybody else jump out on this list to you, Aaron, as uh, worthy of being kind of mentioned because something is quirky about about their partnering? Or no, I think this is great. I mean, the the only one that really jumps out to me that just doesn't make a lot of sense is Oklahoma, Florida. But when you're when you're talking about sixteen teams, yeah, and and three consistent games, like it ain't going to be perfect. I think this is pretty damn near perfect. I think this looks really, really good. Uh, is there any team? I was going to say, is there an East team that avoids Georgia and actually South Carolina is looking pretty good with yeah. Florida, Tennessee, and Kentucky? Um, now, I don't have a lot of faith that South Carolina will be good because their entire school history has told you they won't. But if they find something with Beamer, no, bro, they've been outside of Spurrier. I'm, I, I'm not even trying to hate on South Carolina. I, agree, yeah. I was shocked when I read this shit. They played football for like over a hundred years. I think they've had one 10 win season outside of Spurrier. Damn. Like, like they, they, they just, they have not been a very good football program. People love it. So like shout out to all the South Carolina. I mean, uh, Sandstorm's incredible. It's one of the most fun environments mm -hmm. I ever played in. I, I love uh, Bryce Williams. I, I love South Carolina fans because they haven't even been given anything to love and they're still crazy about it, which I respect more than anything as I watch LSU fans be spoiled and no longer pack out games and Georgia fans, y'all are being spoiled out of your minds. It's just going to get worse and worse for you as time goes on. So you say me, Alabama, like South Carolina's blue collar. They're real. I just, even though it's a friendly drawing for them, I just don't know that they'll be able to, ah, like, I, I don't know that it, it'll translate. Uh, we'll see. Um, all right. So those are proposed pods, but it's a pretty good chance that those are going to be what we end up seeing. Now, one of the teams we talked about there was Texas. And like we said, I actually love Texas pairings here, especially from a TV standpoint, Texas, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas, A&M, Texas, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Hell yes. Mm -hmm. On all three fronts. The question is Aaron, uh, as terms of next season, who is going to be playing quarterback? for the Texas Longhorns, because don't look now, but speaking uh -oh. of playing the hits, spring practice has started, which means we have gotten our first eyes on a little Quinn Ewers versus Arch Manning. And I want to start here. It's not a place that a lot of people would start, Aaron, but I want to ask you a question. Uh, did you see Quinn Ewers' haircut? Okay, gone is the mullet. Gone is the mullet. He's cut it off. He's short, you know, high and tight, completely normal, respectable looking haircut. Did Quinn Ewers cut his hair because he's feeling the Arch Manning pressure? Or is he just taking a, a, a page out of our boy Setson Bennett, you know, getting a little bit, a little bit more of that high and tight, that extra swagger heading into uh, the, 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 the new look season. Um, me that's it too you no know, to it, me no to me the mullet was more swaggy this is more like and maybe i'm just falling into bullshit but this is me viewing it and and Quinn i don't know if i've like, seen it i need Can to show my i need to see the picture he, he he's saying like to me that he, he he needs to show the coaches um that i'm more mature now and i'm ready to lead and no because the mullet's a very look at me that like Matt Damon in the last duel oh, look yeah. that he had was all very look at me. Now Quinn's like, you know, I'm 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 a, I'm a quarterback and 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 I and I speak correctly in the media and I cut my hair nice and short. And and I know this is all kind of bullshit, but I think coaches actually do care about that sometimes. And I, I can't help but wonder, do we get a reverse Samson here? Oh wow! Like, does Quinn Ewers end up being more powerful because he cut his hair? 
if you're worried about your hair and 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 that then then that's more of a distraction than you having a damn mullet especially when you play a game with a helmet on and no one can see your hair so um if if, if you you're telling me you're like telling me his coaches edge, don't care you're telling me his coaches don't care that he showed back no. up with a responsible haircut i think you're full of shit could, i think those coaches hated no Why i think the those coaches hated that mullet no. because it's look at me louie when you're not doing anything worth looking at I guarantee no, his coaches just, hated that mullet. Now they're saying, look at how mature our guys got, dude. Oh, yeah. You know who didn't have a, a mullet? Peyton Manning. Tom yeah, Brady. Exactly. Exactly, Aaron. Peyton oh, Manning, Tom Brady. Go, go look at Tom, Tom. Tom Brady had a new image every single year from buzz yeah, cut yeah, to good. long that's hair that's to short hair. Tom, Tom is not a good comparison because Tom was all about the image. Tom was all about his hair and how he looked and other things that he did to his face to, to, to be uh, Model S Tom Brady. Um, so what so, are you talking he, about? He, 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 he cared a little bit more. Yeah. The, the high and tight bone structure there. <laughs> I'm, I'm very fascinated by this competition for, for obviously multiple reasons. One, it's a Manning involved. So there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on it. It's Texas is a big brand. Uh, and Sark, this is a big year for Sark. You want Sark gone. There's a lot of people that aren't sure about Sark as, as Texas gets ready to transition to the sec. This is a prove it year for him. It's year three. You know, can you take Texas to the promise land? Can you take Texas to a Big 12 championship before you head to the SEC? Are you ready to lead this giant brand before we go to the big boy leagues? And if you're not, if you can't show us in year three that you can do that, then maybe we need to find someone else. So this is a big decision for him. And he's not going to just hand this over to either guy, especially he's not going to just hand this over to someone just because of their last name. Um, his job is on the line right now. So these guys are going to have to show up and compete every single day in practice. Obviously, I give the edge to yours. I think he's uber talented. I think what you saw from him in the beginning of the last season huh. is who he is. I just think he got in his head a little bit and kind of got into a really, really bad funk. We all, we all do it at some point. Every quarterback at some point in their career, unless you're Joe Burrow, gets into some sort of mental funk where things just aren't working. You're a little bit late with your feet. You're a little bit late with your eyes. The ball doesn't come out as crisp. And he got into that towards the end of the season. Can he get past that? And can he can he not stress so about how, the competition? How, how, do, you, how do you get his... past that? How do you get past that? Because I've never heard that before. No, no, no. What, I guess funk? you know. To be fair, you, you guys I've experienced. It. No, no. I'm no. I'm saying I've experienced it, but it's not as. Hmm. I, I, I think it's probably easier from an alignment standpoint to yes. break out of it because you don't have all the eyes on you your decisions aren't mm -hmm. as impactful on a play-to-play -play basic quarterback so when the consequences of being in a funk are that much worse how do you weather that storm i think two things one competition helps you know the fact that you now have to compete and focus on like i gotta do my stuff or i'm gonna lose my job i think that kind of takes the distraction away from you maybe not feeling 100 also spring ball too you and i both know spring ball is a lot more relaxing going out there and playing a game like you can kind of let yeah. loose a little bit like yours was his best when he wasn't thinking and just reacting when he was just playing when he was just like you know what i'm playing alabama no one expects us to win it's at we're, we're double digit dogs here let me just go out there and wing it. And he winged it. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, this kid looks really, really good because the expectations weren't there. And that's what spring is. And it, it, it's going to be a little bit harder because you are competing in a quarterback battle right now, but you're not playing in a game. 
It's just practice. And I guarantee you the anxiety for Manning is a lot more than your anxiety right now because this is his first spring and expectations are yeah. even higher for him. So I do think for yours, there's a, hey, I'm, I'm more experienced. I've played in this offense. I'm getting the first team reps. I'm going to get the first crack at it. And I can just go out there with, with, with just not the expectations of having to win or lose a game and just be me. That's how you slowly start working your way out of that funk. So I just, to, for me right now, I think the biggest reason as I kind of go through this is for Sark and the pressures that he's going to face in year three, do I really think that he's going to give the keys to the car in a year where if he doesn't win nine games or eight games could be fired? You're really going to tell me you're going to give your job to a true freshman. I just, I'm not going to buy it. Yeah, so Sark had a quote that is about as non-committal, which is right. I, I'm not judging this quote. Yeah. It's what you should say. He says, quote, Quinn has an entire year of a head start, but I want to hold Arch back. I want to see how far he can take this thing and what it can look like. So, you know, exactly. Just non-committal, like whatever. Yeah. Um, the great irony with yours, Aaron, is like you talked about. He looked so damn good throwing the deep mm -hmm. ball at the beginning of that Alabama game, but he actually ended up sucking at the deep ball. It was one of the biggest yeah. issues as uh, Texas ends up ranking 94th in the FBS in pass efficiency on mm -hmm. throws of 15 or more yards. Ewers completed just 39% of those passes, which ranked 80th amongst the 110 quarterbacks that uh, 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 qualified with at least 200 attempts. How does that, how does that happen? Like, like how, how, how are you, you're yeah. saying it's mainly mental there where, where he looked so good in that Alabama half, but then just, it became a weakness by the end of the year. Well, we saw Alabama struggle in the secondary too. Like for how good Alabama was, Alabama had some struggles defending the deep ball. I mean, go to Tennessee, for example, in a couple other games throughout the season. So, you know, the brand was big and yes, there were some good players on that team, but they were not a team that was well-suited to handle Fair. the deep throws. Let's also not forget that was his first year. And, and a lot of the problems that I kind of laid out for Quinn Ewers when you watch the tape of, you know, being late on throws, you know, his footwork not being in the right position to drive a ball down the field where defenders are able to make a break on it, that's, that, that's a lot of processing. When you're thinking, as you know, in any position, when you're thinking, you play slow. And when you play slow as a quarterback, you're late with the football, those windows get even tighter, and all of a sudden it's an incompletion or it's a turnover. When you do know the offense better, it's, it's just, once again, it's like anything in life, you're more efficient. Your feet, your feet are in the right spot. Your eyes in the right spot. You know, okay, this concept, I've worked it for every single coverage. I know where to go right now. What makes Tom Brady so good? He's worked every concept versus every possible defense. He knows where he's going as soon as he says set hut. That's it. Quinn Ewers last year was in the middle of his job trying to figure out what the hell he's still doing. That's just a year one quarterback in a system. We always say biggest biggest jump for most quarterbacks year one to year two this is year two for him that's why expectations are higher you have now been in the system for two seasons you're heading into your second season sark is for for how much you hate sark you have to admit sark is, is still a very good offensive play caller developer of the quarterback position puts his qbs yeah. in the best position as well and also for mm -hmm. sark as well let's flip it to him Sark has now had a year to kind of see what he does well and what he doesn't do well. Like that's, that's part of being a coach. You go at the end of the season, you sit down with your coaching staff, you, you, you evaluate the film. You say, okay, where do we need to get better? Who are we returning? 
and how can we make those those players better? It's hard to make improvements during the season because you're so focused on game planning. Now all of a sudden True. you can say, okay, Quinn, this is where you were year one. This is what I would like you to work on. And then for me personally as a play caller, this is where I feel like you are really good. So maybe let's start me tailoring my offense to fit what you really are good at. We'll work on that in spring, we'll work on that in fall camp. And then all of a sudden, boom, year two, we have a brand new Quinn Ewers that I trust that now the playbook is completely tailored towards him and we're ready to go. So it, it's, 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 it's on both sides. It's on Quinn to get better, but it's also on Sark to put him in a better position based on what he evaluated after year one. Well, and and it's 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 kind of do or die for both. Like especially for you, yes. right? Because if it doesn't work out for yep. him, like Arch is right there, they're going to go with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it's going to take real greatness from Quinn to overcome that. Because if if Arch isn't going to start a second year in a row, well, I mean he he he's gone. He, he's going to leave. We, we we've seen it time and time again. So knowing that there's going to be a thumb on the scale for Arch to become the starter as soon as possible, right? So it's mm-hmm. going to take a great year for Quinn to hold Arch Manning back. Uh, I also think, look, man, I I, I think if, if Texas, okay, at first I wrote this in my notes, this is hyperbolic. I wrote, if Texas doesn't win the Big 12 seats, their keys and should be fired. I, I'm not going to say that. But if Texas doesn't win 10 games next year, Aaron Murray, Steve Sarkeesian should be fired, Okay. He has not won 10 games, 10 games. He has not one, but two former number one overall quarterbacks competing for the job under center. He has all five offensive line starters back. They have a very experienced D line returning. They got a 13 all American outside linebacker, Jayla Mm. Ford come back. They got 80 Mitchell and other great transfers coming in. Uh, The bottom line is that right now, Sark, great offensive mind, great play caller as a head coach, nothing to write home about. A career record of 59 and 47, despite being at Washington, USC, and Texas, schools that it is proven you can have great success in. Like Tom Herman took over a five and seven Texas team. He went seven and six, and then he went 10 and four. Okay. He got 10 wins in his second year. Steve Sarkeesian took over a seven and three Texas team and has gone five and seven to eight and five. If you can't get to 10 wins by year three, it ain't having it. Okay, so there's a ton on Sark, and 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 I guess I'm, I mean what I'm gathering from this is you believe that Quinn is the best path forward for them here to accomplishing that goal. I think for the for I think for unless unless Manning just comes out there and is is a, a image of his uncles and just looks like his uncles and plays like his uncles and commands the offense like his uncles. Then yes, why everything I just laid out is you know the first year quarterbacks. What's the dilemma with that? It's it's you know not only is he a first year quarterback, but he's going to be splitting the reps. He's going to be he will not be getting probably in spring will not be getting the the majority of the first team reps. Won't be getting that in summer. And if he does work his way to getting maybe more of those in the fall camp, you're still splitting reps with Quinn Ewer. So you're telling me, and you laid it out perfectly for a head coach with high expectations this year that has to hit a certain goal, or he's going to get fired. I'm going to give a job to a freshman quarterback that has split reps the entire offseason. Unless he's Trevor Lawrence, so I'm doing that. I'm not going to risk my career as the head coach of Texas before we join the SEC, before money is going to be flowing even more than it was before for the University of Texas, and miss out on an opportunity by basing my season on a freshman quarterback. I just think to me that's a, it's risky unless Quinn Ewers, A, gets hurt, 
or B in the first two weeks of the season completely shits the bed. Then I'm going to say, okay, maybe I have to make some sort of drastic change. And then at the end of the season, I make the excuse of, Hey, I played Manning. He was a freshman. He played well towards the end of the season. We only won eight games, but wait till next year. Then you're playing the next year game possibly. Yes. So that's where Manning actually maybe becomes Sark's greatest lifeline. Right. Mm. It's I I had this theory. I had this theory pointed out to me today with with Derek Carr, Josh McDaniel, where it's like in a weird roundabout way, McDaniel getting rid of Carr and then going with a rookie quarterback. Uh, Nick Underhill talked about this. He's he's a great Saints writer, covers him in super. He's just a great NFL mind. He's covered plenty of teams, whatever. But but he's basically saying like. You know, maybe there's the idea out there that McDaniel gets a rookie quarterback. He gets a few extra years because you got to develop this rookie quarterback. Well, if you end up going mm-hmm. with, like you said, maybe you are struggles, but then you go to Manning. Manning's like doing well. You're like, well, look, me and Manning have a great relationship. You don't want to lose Arch Manning, right? If you fire me, he may want to go somewhere else. After all, I'm the one who recruited him. Like maybe Arch Manning represents a bit of life versus the more veteran guy. I- I'm with you though, Aaron. I-, I think that's all a lot of games and bullshit that, that I'm talking about right there. I, I think it's Quinn Ewers. Uh, next yep. year, unless Manny just blows away a practice. And I think that unfortunately for Texas fans, um, I think they'll fail because I think everything in Sark's resume up to this point tells me that they will oh, fail to win Sark-hater. 10 games. Uh, but why do you What's love him so to look like next year? What has he done to make you love I, him so much? I, I know I'm just, I'm still, I'm still dreaming of the offenses that he had at Alabama. And I know the personnel is a little bit different, but golly, man, what he did at Bama schematically that season was, or those couple seasons was, was tremendous. It's some of the best offenses we've ever seen. And, and, and I just keep, I just keep thinking like he can, with what he can get at Texas from a, from a player standpoint, from a skill standpoint, because Texas has skill, you know, Texas is one of those States that you can get pretty much everything. You can get good quarterback play. You can yeah. get good skill. You can get good offensive line. You can get interior guys on the offense defense line. You, you know, Florida has the speed. California has, you know, the you know offensive talent still. You know, the receivers, the quarterbacks, the DBs. You don't really have the beef there. Texas is that state where you can cherry pick and get everything you want. You don't have to leave the state of Texas to get quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, DBs. Get it all. So yeah, he can. To me, if he can somehow get the personnel, which I don't know if it's to the point where it's like Alabama yet, but if he can get that personnel on offense, I still am dreaming of that offense that he's able to produce. Uh, hmm. I, you know what? I mean, look, that's not unfair. Okay, that that is a that is a solid answer as to why you love him so much. Um, let's see if he can do it at Texas, man. And and, yeah. and and you know what? Maybe granted, if I if I wanted to give Sark a little rope and and give him a little leeway, I do believe that there are deeper cultural problems with Texas that are holding them back that we've talked about plenty in the past. Where I think they're so in love with themselves that sometimes they kind of lose sight of what actually matters, and I think it attracts arguably a certain sort of player that I don't know that they're as hungry as some of the players at these other schools. And I think that kind of ends up affecting them. Um, see uh, in the chat here, Chance Babin says, T-Bob, your lighting looks fantastic. Hey, thank you for noticing, Chance. I've been messing around. I got another new light. Uh, doesn't hurt that I've just been on the golf course a ton lately, you know? Yeah, Catching nice some tan. stun. I'm not Center nearly as pale. Yeah, not nearly three, as pale three, as I get normally his third am. third golf in 
third golfing in a week here soon. So how about just, this too? My wife texts me. She wants to go to the driving range. There's a little date this week. Huh? God, that just gets huh? me horny. I know too bad. I won't have sex with her until I cut my nuts. Speaking of being bums, like my nuts are at a certain point. I know that's oh. what I'm saying. At a certain point, Aaron, we have to make oh. the decision, but we could, I did, I did find a place. I did find a place. Fully believe in. No, no. Oh, you got, some. I, I found a place over the, yeah, yeah. I got, I got some good recommendations. Now it's just a matter of, it's actually on my browser right now. Um, I just got to make the call. I just keep staring at it. Just You're staring just at that number. Me videos. It's like me trying to make a dentist appointment. It's just like I stare at it, stare at the number, and just just don't call. The I doctors. get a little angry with how much dentists uh, expect from me. They want me to confirm my appointment. I if I screw up or I have something come up that day and I'm late, they're gonna make me pay. And I get that. I mean, it's a business. I don't want to be disrespectful. Somebody, if you have a little emergency, they don't give a damn. You're gonna make you pay. Then they like dock your profile in the future because oh, he did it. Like, man, I, I don't know. I just I used the other day. I I was just feeling like I was like, I mean, who who's working for who here? Okay, yeah. uh, I just need my teeth cleaned. Okay, make sure I don't have any cavities or anything. Center of attention oh. over here. Make sure I'm good to go. No cavities, by the way. Um, I have been I have been flossing though. I've, I've been I've been trying to floss more, dude. Are you are you are you a flosser? Aaron? I I started those uh, for about four months now. I'm more consistent, and it just the blood just still every night. I don't know what it is. I literally floss every night for like three three months, and it just like it looks like someone punched me in the mouth every night. My wife stares at me like you ain't getting any tonight with that mouth. So, um, <laughs> Wait. Am, am I crazy or did I hear that like flossing makes you live longer because it prevents heart disease? Does anybody know? Is this true? No, I've heard that too. This yeah. Oh, yeah. hell yeah, no, dude. I right. yeah. I'm going to live forever. I think that's a big dentist <laughs> talking to you. Oh, shit. Am I being sucked into big dentist propaganda? It kind of actually makes all the sense in the world now that you're saying that out loud. Who makes Who makes the little plastic floss sticks? that are so much easier than regular floss they're the ones putting all that information four out of five out. dentists say that you should you know uh, that heart that flossing it. prevents heart disease uh andy j says dentists are privileged you need to understand they're not doctors <laughs> oh cody wilson says somebody get on the phone with bobo and have aaron coach in puglisi and riola next year who's puglisi I have no idea. Who am I, am I reading that wrong? Why do I recognize the name Rayola? Rayola is the top that? 2024 quarterback who I think is rumored to be considering Nebraska. Ew. Why would he do that to himself? Uh, what the fuck do you mean, Aaron? Because he gets it. Why okay? would he? he get, do you, do you want to go to Georgia and follow up the yeah. guy who just won two natties? Or do you want to bring Nebraska back to glory okay nebraska more like nebatka because they are back huskers on top t Cobb reporting live rayola go to i've never even heard of rayola so i don't want to run too far no idea. i have no, no idea, idea who i'm cheering on here um chris c's right texas has talent for at least 15 years and has been disappointing for at least 15 years oh have they had, have they had, have they had alabama town though have they had the have they Recruiting wise, have they had the same top five class Alabama has? Like, no. Like, I, I there's there is room for growth. Have they? But they said, have they played to the level of recruit they've got? No. But no. Sark has also not had the same type of talent that he had at Alabama. Like, yes, you had really good talent. You didn't have first round talent that Alabama was pumping out every single year. That there is a significant 
gap between Alabama, Georgia, and everyone else still when it comes to top tier talent and Ohio State. Oh, I love Joseph Bagger in the chat. Nothing better than doing the Gator Chomp after beating Florida. I agree. I used to love to do a um I used to love to do a chomp, chomp, throat slit. Uh it's one of the greatest feelings in the entire world. Um Chrissy, yeah, enough talent to win the Big 12. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, Blake Walters. They've had Big 12 talent, yes. Andy J, compared to their conference, yes. So, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're not like – they're all right. The, all the comments are good. correct. It's, it's, they, 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 they should be better than their opponents. 100%. They should definitely be better. Uh, but, Aaron, you think Oklahoma's going to win the Big 12 next year, right? I do think the Oklahoma's going to win the Big 12 next year. You're such a little Dylan Gabriel boy. Go Get sooner, boys. Go sooner. Uh, all right. Uh, well, hey, Aaron, uh, you have a radio show, dude. So, unfortunately, we are going yep. to go. That'll do it for today's snaps. We love you all so much. Everybody commenting, hanging out with this man. Like we talked about, this really is the most fun part of our day. I hope to live longer only so I can do snaps longer. From the nursing home, I'm going to be spitting out teeth and spitting out takes. Okay? And uh, the only way we can do that is if you all help us to continue to support the show, which you can do by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, Wherever you listen to pods, rate it and review it. Share the pod with your college football friends um, or just any of your friends if you think they might be into it. And uh, a huge thank you to FanDuel. Uh, promo code SNAPS. You want to take advantage of their great sign-up deals. A huge thank you to The Volume for having us here in Papa Collin, as well as everybody here on Team SNAPS. Our guys, uh, Ryan Brumley, Paul Farrington, Pat Gunner, Danny Cardenas, Adam Gracia. We love you, and we will see you tomorrow for a brand new snaps. Bye-bye, y'all. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.